quality of the food you eat matters. Like there is, there is truth. I'm, I'm not arguing that, there, that there's not to the calories in calories out model mm-hmm. that works. There is truth to that, but the kind of food that you eat within that like realm within that arena matters. One, two, Welcome to the new uh, Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast with uh, myself, Chris. And I am Josh. All right, welcome. So we're going to uh, kick up this new podcast, uh, starting to interview the coaches who are the faces behind working against gravity nutrition and who you are either currently working with or maybe working with in the near future if you decide to sign up. Um, For more information, you can go to www.workingagainstgravity.com slash join and uh, find out all the information that you need about the one-on-one nutrition services uh, that we offer. That's right. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do the one-on-one nutrition coaching is really what we uh, pride ourselves on. Um, But we also have the crash course that if you're interested in just kind of uh, doing things on your own and learning kind of what we do, there's that option. And then we also have the uh, certification uh, where you can take a really, really deep dive into um, how we do uh, the nutrition coaching that we do. Um, we talk about how to come up with different macros, uh, how to work with people and develop uh, new habits and better routines. Um, and you get to work uh, with a training coach all the way through that process too. So that's um, we do offer quite a few things um, that are really, really cool and we uh, do our best to put those out there, but the one-on-one nutrition coaching is really what we uh, value a lot, and we really take pride in that. So that's what this podcast is all about, highlighting that um, and introducing the coaches to a wider audience. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the goal of this podcast is to give you some uh, looks behind the scenes, behind the curtain, if you will, and get to know the, the uh, amazing people that are part of this team and that Josh and I are absolutely uh, – proud of being a part of um for the years that we have and uh continue to grow and prosper and uh working with hundreds and thousands not hundreds of thousands but thousands of clients across the united states or across the world actually sorry uh the entire world worldwide so um and in this uh, episode we're going to uh interview josh or i'm going to interview josh and we're going to get to know josh a little bit better um and so let's just kick it off with the first question, Josh. Yeah. Um, where do you hail from and who do you live with? <laughs> well, um, like Chris said, my name is Josh Holton and I am from Michigan. Uh, I live up in uh, northern Michigan, Traverse City area. Uh, for those of you that are f- familiar with the uh, mitten, you know, you have to do like, it's like the quintessential, you hold your hand up, right? You put yeah. it like... <laughs> right, right, right below your pinky finger one of the nooks yeah that's right that's right okay um, so uh born and raised here um i was technically born and raised a little further north in a town called northport but uh moved to traverse city for school um and it was just where everything was happening so been here ever since um nice what'd you go to school for oh that's a good question um actually <laughs> i went to the uh great lakes maritime academy mm-hmm. um so I 
took some time off after high school and then I went through four years of the Great Lakes Maritime Academy where I got my U.S. Coast Guard uh, third mates certification to sail on commercial um, commercial ships. So wow. container ships, um, dredges, uh, could work in the oil field, supply boats, things like that. Um, so I did that for a number of years, close to 10 years um, before I decided to make a pretty significant career change into something that I was really, truly passionate about. Um, I think that's one thing that uh, listeners are going to find about the entire uh, staff at WAG is that this started as a passion and mm -hmm. they found a way to turn it into exactly what they do every single day. Um, and it's, it's been really, it's been a really, really cool ride and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. So, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree with you on that. <laughs> with all, with all, all that said, um, I am married to uh, Jessica, who is also a white coach. And uh, we'll do her interview here in a little while, a couple weeks maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been married for this past year was our 11-year anniversary, which is... Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> so <laughs> wild. And we have a wonderful little boy named Milo who's uh, two and a half. Oh, he'll be three in December, so he's a little over two and a mm. half. Um, and we have a really, really grumpy cat who you might hear. I'm looking around. She might be down here right now. You might hear her on the podcast, too. Her name's Kona. And Kona. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's old and sassy. So, mm. yeah. that's So we, so we may hear the... Uh... The growls of Kona, the basement cat, somewhere That's in right. here. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> nice. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you uh, already answered kind of the question of like what it was that you did before WAG, you know, riding on boats and all that. So maybe you can give us a little um, insight as to exactly what, what that job pertained. And then what was the, I guess, the, um, the inspiration or what caused you to want to make that change from that working in that professionalism or in that professional field to becoming a nutrition coach so how did that happen that's a good question um it was i mean it was a long long build-up um so i mean i've I'm fortunate enough to have worked for a few different companies and have uh aside from the arctic ocean i've been across uh all the oceans in the world which is a pretty cool like you know f flag in your hat or whatever yeah. badge of honor not many people can say that are. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've had the opportunity to travel a ton of different places and uh, meet a ton of different kinds of people. Um, and throughout my entire time sailing, it was I was always focused on like keeping fit and keeping healthy. And inevitably, when you're on a ship, you know some of the ships that I were on were you know 300 feet long and 55 feet wide, and the the last one that I was on was. Um, 825 feet long and 125 feet wide so wow. i mean that's like a so it's like a small city so mm -hmm. you get to know guys and people get to see like what you're doing and inevitably they want to know like you know how how you're training how you're eating and, and and doing things like that you know and i'm not i was not the only one that was focused on that on these ships but um i was the one that kind of took the next steps into doing courses and uh, doing like online training while I was out sailing uh, and away from home. Mm. And I was obviously maintaining your physical fitness level is a 
prerequisite to being probably in that industry, right? Or that profession, like you had to maintain some degree of physical aptitude yeah, to do your job. Definitely. I mean, th- there was <laughs> that that's from a, like a licensing standpoint. And that's also from just being, you know, fit for duty, like the, the term fit for duty. Um, I mean, it is generally a military uh, term, I think, mm-hmm. uh, but on the ship, like you have to be ready to go um, and be ready to do kind of anything at any time yeah. um, because it never shuts down, you know? So, so there was like a certain amount of like, I need to do this in order to perform my job to the best that I could. Um, but also it was just like what I like to do. Um, and when it came to food and nutrition, uh, that required some schooling and that required some certifications and things that I didn't have previously. So while I was out there and providing we had good internet, which is you know, when, you're, when you're offshore, it, gets, it could be a little spotty sometimes, but um, did online courses. Um, and then when I was home, I was a member of a CrossFit gym here in Traverse City and um, I was coaching CrossFit um, and kind of got started in doing nutrition with people at the gym. Mm. And this is, this is all before WAG. So I, I started doing nutrition coaching with people at the gym um, and this just kind of like gradually over years and years just kind of started to snowball and kind of take, kind of take off. So um, I remember like very distinctly that there was one time I was out on the last, the last ship that I sailed on. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, I had been thinking about leaving the industry for a little while. Um, and I asked him, um, is this job fulfilling to you? Are you fulfilled? And before I could even finish the sentence, he said no. <laughs> and um, we talked about that. And then as time goes on, you start to think about the different kinds of people or authors or just people you look up to. Um, I was reading a lot. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. And it was like none of the people that I was listening to and looking up to were really doing what I was doing. Mm. A lot of different people that had chose had chosen to carve out their own, you know, little niche or niche and kind of make their own way. And I started to th- think about that like pretty heavily. And um, I was a client uh, at WAG at the time. Mm. And my coach who has since moved on, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, how do you do this full time? Do you, are you a nutrition coach full time? And he said, yeah, I am. And kind of explained to me what was going on. And eventually I had the opportunity to train under him and become a uh, WAG substitute coach myself. And then after about a year of that, we finally got the offer to be nutrition coaches. Um, me and my me and my wife both and okay so you guys kind of started the process around the same time we started training? the process around the same time yep um, cool. i i did i did decide to make the jump a little bit sooner than she did um but that was because uh she was teaching um and she mm. you know timeline wise she was um fulfilling her contract and doing that kind of thing um and i it, it took some time to think about it but i ultimately made the decision to jump and actually do what i wanted to do and what I still love to do like full time. And that was do nutrition coaching and help people get physically fit. And WAG was my ticket. And I'm so grateful that I even had the opportunity to do that. It's awesome. That's amazing. 
Do you remember how many uh, sub coach assignments you did before you got offered uh, a part-time full-time position with WAG? Man, that's a good question. Um, or what was the first scenario in which you were called upon to sub coach? Maybe. Um, I remember that there was a coach um, again, she's has since moved on that was on uh, vacation and WAG staff was super small at the time. Uh, I could, I mean, I think there might've been 10 coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, we were doing it all through Gmail. There was no seismic. There was nothing like that going on. Yep. <laughs> I think she was taking like her first trip in like two years because she'd been coaching with WAG since the beginning. Mm. She was going to like New York City, I think to a Mets game. If you want to get like super Pacific. Specific, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and so um, me and a couple other sub coaches at the time like took over her client load and we filled in and we helped answer questions and we helped like keep a lot of why clients on track while she was able to take some time off. Um, I remember that was my first one. Yeah. Um, I do remember that like very vividly. So, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, so yeah. It's interesting that just the shift of going from working on a big vessel, you know, and being away from home for probably, you know, uh, some stints of time. And then, going into this career where you're working remotely and there is no longer any place that you have to specifically be. Um, what was that transition like for you from going from two completely different worlds to working remotely from home, talking to individuals through a computer screen, if you will. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a good question. Yeah. That was really hard because, um, I mean, I was gone for four weeks at a time, uh, sometimes five wow. depending. Uh, so, really you know over the course of a year you're, you're gone for six months you're, you're gone for half a year um so to go from being gone for half a year um to yeah being home all the time and, and literally not leaving the house i mean obviously you can right but, but um there's no reason to right, if you don't need to, <laughs> no to all i have was a desktop yeah. so i didn't even have a laptop so it was like you're home oh, all the time. okay you were tied to home yeah yeah for yeah. sure so um that transition was uh, was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think that like, I mean, nothing like bad happened. It was just weird, you know? Like, mm. weird. Um, and it's weird for me and then weird for Jess too, because, you know, she, she was used to me being gone and <laughs> we, <laughs> we talked about this, like yeah. whenever I would leave, it would be like, you flip a switch and it's like, okay, like, here we go. It's time to work. It's time to get this done. And, and the same thing happens when you come home, right? You just like flip that switch off and it's like, then you're home and you don't really have to worry about anything aside mm -hmm. from, you know, obviously like doing things at home and doing things that you really want to do. Um, so me coming off of that uh, and Jess would do the same thing. You know, she, she it's like, okay, well, Josh is going to be gone for a month. And so she dove deep into her teaching work. She dove deep into her fitness. Um, and so now me coming home, like, that changes everything. Um, yeah. You know, I remember like early on, she would come home from work and I'd be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, I have a, like want to talk and she'd be like, I just need like five minutes. <laughs> to, like, yeah. Been around kids all day. And then I want to talk and just like hang out and do all that stuff. And she's like, I need like five minutes. Like you need to pump the brakes. So, um, yeah. So I'm sure that dynamic changed for both of you. Yeah. It totally did. It totally did. Um, and uh, over the years we've, both been working for WAG it's like we've gotten so much better at like time management and like we talk about we talk about our work you know all the time 
Um, but we're always looking to like be better. I'll ask her a question like, Hey, like, have you had a person, you know, ask you this question and she'll ask me the same things. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of like good, like discussions back and forth about clients. And I think it's really helped us both grow as coaches. Um, Mm -hmm. And also like, we just have the ability to kind of like problem solve like a lot better um, because of that. So it's really, um, it's, I know it's really unique for, uh, like a husband and wife to be doing or working for the same company, yeah. let alone like at home and spending a lot of time with each other, like every single day doing the same thing. So we, at first it was weird. Um, and now it's like, we just, we can't imagine doing it any other way. So um, mm. it's really cool. It actually ends up being like super, super cool. And maybe think of something as you state that, like adjusting from your different <clears throat> careers prior to becoming a nutrition coach. And then, your world being outwardly and, you know, involving and interacting with people in a real sense and then coming home and then you're both working together, you know, separately, but you're doing the same job. So you like, you can probably kind of commiserate, you can relate to each other a a lot better because you're literally doing the same thing uh, with just a different set of clients essentially. So I'm sure that probably changed the dynamic of your whole life too. Right. Yeah, totally. And I, again like it, it was weird at first you know it was hard to get used to but over like over the years it's been it's hard to look at it like any other way you know um mm. i should note that i do i i'm a co-owner of a crossfit gym here in town called crossfit due north and that also like right around the time that i got hired on to wag that gym kind of took shape mm. so it was like a total i mean to go from again being on the ship for six months out of the year um, total to coming home and being like a part of an online, a quickly growing online company, and then also starting your own business like at the same time, like that was a that was a big time like a reality check, a big time shift in like priorities and things like that. So, um, so with me and Jess, not only do we coach for WAG together, but we're both you know, I mean, I'm one of the owners, and Jess is intimately involved at the gym as well. So it's like our lives are very very like tight. Um, the, the health and fitness industry is like literally what we do. Like all yeah. 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 That is your world now. It's become that. Exactly. Yeah. What was the biggest obstacle to overcoming the career shift from having a place to be for four to six weeks and knowing clearly what you were to do yeah. every day only to show up to do. So like, what was the biggest obstacle or the dynamic shift in having a, a, a career out in the field to working from home? and adjusting to that, um, lifestyle, I guess, like, how did you overcome that? And what was the biggest lesson you learned through that? I guess, man, um, being, being out, like being offshore was like you said, you you knew exactly like what you were getting into. And of course, like things come up and there's problems to be solved and things like that. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, um, there's like a sense of like duty. It's like, you have like this job and there's a chain of command you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's unique to what I did because I, no matter who you work for, it's like you, you're responsible for this and you answer to so-and-so and and then there's, you know, there's, there's a chain of command there too. So obviously that's not, um, like specific or unique. Um, but coming home and really, it's really up to you, you know, like that was the big thing is, and I didn't realize it at the time. I thought like, Oh, you come home and you can kind of just like, you do whatever, you know, I'll check in and do this and I'll do some check-ins and, 
you know, then I'll do something around the house and maybe I'll go work out or maybe I'll go for a walk, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, you can do that. Don't get me wrong. You can do that, but there has to be like some order to your day. Um, and you have to figure that out for yourself where on the ship, it was basically like you get up and you eat and then you go to work and then you eat and then you go to sleep and <laughs> that's it. It sounds a lot like yeah. jail, you know, I've never been to jail right. or anything, but it, but it's very, it's very regimented and it's very structured. So well, you are on a ship, you cannot escape you too at the same point, you know, right? Like out yeah. in the middle, you're out in the middle of the ocean. There's literally nowhere you can go. You can go yeah. hundred feet that way and you can go a hundred feet like back and forth. And like, yeah. that's it, you know, so you are surrendering to the limitations of that <laughs> ship. Yeah. Right. In every way. Yeah. So to go from something like that to literally, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, mm. You know, that's, that's pretty jarring in itself. But again, like at first it's really hard to overcome that. Um, but you just have to like be structured. And I remember when I first started, um, one of the admins at WAG told us that right off the, right off the bat, she was like, you can work for, you know, a certain amount of hours, take a break, go work out, do whatever you want to do, come back, do some more work. Like you can absolutely do that, but make sure that you block it out. And I would Mm -hmm. say that if there's anyone listening to this, that is going to get into like the health and fitness or nutrition space where they do online work, that that's so important. And I wish... I wish I would have realized that earlier in my journey um, with, uh, with with WAG. Um, it's so important to stay structured and work without distraction because you can get so much more done. You can be a much more effective coach um, and you can give advice that is really legitimately actionable and change more people's lives in like less time. Mm-hmm. And I know that it takes years <clears throat> or, or months at least to like figure that out for yourself. But man, it's like, if I had to give one piece of advice to like up and coming like coaches and nutrition coaches, that would be it. Like time management, work without distraction, always be learning, like continue to advance and like learn different things about your craft and about your coaching skills. Um, And then just always give actionable advice because that's what, that's what people need. And that's what people are looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, Yeah. It's important to, uh, create that structure for yourself because uh, in a sense, time management structure is what leads to the freedom and autonomy of the joy of getting to work from home, which has its pros and cons. But for the most part, for as long as you and I have been doing it, it's pros mostly. And um, being able to adapt to that and kind of make it your own is entirely up to you, what you want it to be. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, making that dynamic shift of, uh, you know, working, out in the field somewhere like that, you know, having variables, limitations to working at home. And then you're more prone to organize and structure your time because then you have the ability to get to the other things in life, you know, uh, a bit quicker. And then that's what creates that uh, beautiful work-life balance that we as coaches get to enjoy in this career. As demanding as it can be, it makes sure that you prioritize that too, because our mental health, our physical health is just as important um, in order for us to serve our clients well, like, yeah. you know, we have to take care of us first if we're going to help take care of other people. So, um, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's been a huge takeaway. Um, is, <laughs> in my experience is like, I gotta be right. You know, like this has got to be right. This has got to be right mm-hmm. in order to show up and do what we do. So it does keep us accountable, you know, in that very nature, you know, like you can't be a coach if you're letting yourself slip and slide, you know, in your own life. So that's right. there's almost like an accountability built into that. So, um, 
All right. Well, moving on. So uh, next question I have for you, Josh, is uh, what is one of your proudest accomplishments as a WAG coach? Oh, man. Um, Our most memorable or uh, I guess what's your what's your takeaway from working with clients? Man, that's tough. Um, I feel like every week there's something that like happens that um, I, I don't think it's necessarily like something that I like. How do I say this? I'm proud of I'm I'm proud of the people that I work with because they're the ones that are putting in the work, right? <clears throat> I can sit here and give like the best advice ever, but if no one is really willing to like do the work or take action on it, then it's just kind of lost in the ether, right? So yeah. um what I one thing that I've learned to do over the past couple years working with WAG is I, I go back to the actionable advice. One thing that I've worked really hard to do is find like my own voice and really try to dig into um, kind of read between the lines, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. When someone checks in, they give you the information. um, They write to you. They tell you how their week was. Um, But if you do this for long enough, you can kind of like read between the lines and understand that there might be more to the, there might be some other things that they're not saying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain, but, um, but it's, it's very true. It's a, it's a very like true feeling. And so from there, starting to ask questions and start diving a little bit deeper into what, uh, what these people are sharing and what these people are saying, because, um, that's when you can really start making a much higher impact on their lives. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would say, I mean, I've had, I've worked with some clients that have, I mean, had a lot, a lot of, um, weight to lose and their health was in jeopardy because of it and help them overcome different habits that they had um, and see some very significant um, weight loss progress and their health dramatically improves. Um, and on the flip side, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with some high level athletes and uh, we've reached higher, even higher levels uh, than maybe they thought was even possible uh, hmm. just by working on nutrition timing improving the quality of their diet um because quality of diet does matter Mm -hmm. everyone says the quality of the food you eat matters um yes (laughs) um so it it just it spans there's there's such a huge range um but i feel like every single week there's there's people that i work with that that just step it up in some way um and I, i i'm just thrilled to read those messages you know and yeah even people who um who are are still you know, struggling to like work through anything, you know, there's, there's always these little steps that you can help them understand and help them realize. And um, those are like the biggest wins for me. So it's kind of a vague answer (laughs) to your question, but, but it's, there's such a wide range of wins and a a wide range of accomplishments. It's just hard to, hard to pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. While the outcome is obviously the end goal, right? Like that before and after that transformation that a client's gone through. Mm-hmm. And, we, and when we say transformation, it's not necessarily in the physical, it's the mental. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that a lot of our right. clients receive in coaching is the accountability factor and the breakthroughs that they achieve mentally to show them the capacity that they have for change if they're willing to choose differently. Right. And that's like that superpower we help uh, instill in them that you are capable of whatever it is you want to succeed at as long as you show up 
and try to be a 1% better every day. So while you may take a client from here to here, it's that 1% growth that happens every day leading up to that outcome that they've been wanting or that they had set out to achieve with you as their coach. Um, that it's the steps in between that almost is more gratifying than the actual end result in itself. Yeah. Because sure. that's where the work came in. That's where the payoff happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer, man. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, it's kind of vague, but it, but it's oh. true, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's your experience, you know, and it's all of our experiences are unique and uh, we've all got different takes takeaways from it because we don't all work with the same clients. You know, we all work with different people um, on varying scales of uh, capability, fitness, mindset, all that stuff, you know? Um, so on a little personal note to get to know you a little bit outside of the nutrition coaching realm and what you did previously as a career, like what's something, uh, most people don't know about you or what's another passion that you have outside of coaching? Oh man. Our passions. Yeah. Passions. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I love music. Um, that's probably, that's probably my biggest my biggest passion. Um, I, uh, I play, um, I've, I've been a drummer for most of my life, so I love to play, uh, play music. And I have a couple of friends that are in the area that we play, <laughs> um, on and off here and there. Um, and, and then on, on top of that, just like collecting, like I'm a big mm-hmm. vinyl collector, um, my <laughs> records and the, before the podcast, I showed you some of my yeah, we were nerding out pretty hard yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got some new some new ones in the mail this past week. So I, I just like um I like the search and I like to find new things and kind of creep into the different areas of in different subgenres of music and um find these like little hidden gems. It's like a it's like a hobby, you know, it's like a pastime, it's like a hobby uh for mm-hmm. me. And um I, I I love that. And of of course like I, I don't, I think that if I work for a diet nutrition company, it kind of goes without saying that fitness and working out and, you know, being fit is, is there too. But mm. for something that people may not know about me, it would just be like, I'm an avid collector of <laughs> music. Um, love to play it. Love to go see shows, um, travel all over to see shows. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's really it. That, that, would, yeah. be my, that would be my answer to that. I love yeah. it. It's great. Yeah, that's one of the many things I love about you and one of the many things we connect on um, as our backgrounds are fairly similar growing up as, uh, you know, punk rock kids um, in the music realm, being musicians and uh, pursuing that. So you and I have, uh, we've lived parallel lives to to some degree there for sure and upbringings, yeah. Um, Does Milo show any musical interest being that you are his dad, of course, you know, and you probably, he probably sees you, uh, in your love of music, whether it be listening to music, collecting yeah. music, playing music, uh, has he shown any sort of, uh, interest in that? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he's, he's so little, but I think like he, he likes some, some of the electronic music I listen to. He thinks sounds like robots. So he'll ask oh, okay. me, he'll say he wants to listen to the robot song. Or, um, <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've watched, um, I've played ghost for him. Uh, because I'm oh, a ghost, and, yes. Uh, that like he knows those songs, and he'll say like he, I want to listen to the singing ghost. I want to uh. listen to the singing ghost. So he picks up on stuff like that, and I've actually started um, uh, collect like out of my record collection. There's like I have a box I call it Milo's box, and <laughs> I'm putting together like records that are really important. Uh, that are really important to me and 
and or me and Jess. And I'm going to give that to him like when he gets older. That's amazing. Like a collection of records. Like I think that like when uh, when uh, Jess was pregnant, we went and saw Turnover. There's, <laughs> there's a Turnover record in the box. And, Perfect. Uh, there's yeah different things like that that have like special meaning oh, so almost kind of like uh like a time capsule of memories in music form for yeah, him in a way right yeah yep. that's so cool yeah. <laughs> i have a some song lyrics uh tattooed on my shin that's from a Seeger rose song mm. um and uh like that record like that's the first song on one of the records and so that record's gonna go in the box you know th- things like that so uh, that's that's cool and again yeah it's, it's fun to like think about things that are important to us as a family yeah and uh have to have this like actual physical thing because everything's going digital you know but you have yeah. this, you have this thing to hold and there's there's pictures and you know it's it's a physical thing and i think that that's so important something um, tangible something to tangible yeah yeah something to hold on to and it's yeah. just uh, such a significant um kind of like token of, of, of you and encapsulates who his dad is, you know, yeah, and yeah. what you're leaving behind for him to show him and influence him, you know, whether it leads to him playing music or not, or having a higher appreciation of music. That's but right. uh, I don't see a way in a, war, a world where he's not going to be somewhat involved in that, you know, yeah, I, with I, you I, as his dad. I, I definitely <laughs> hope that I instill some other things. Some yeah, more <laughs> sure. <laughs> useful information yes. or more, you know, prominent things. But yeah. that's that's one thing I, I think about it a lot. And so I've I've already started to like make those uh selections, if, if you will. Um that's, that's awesome. That's fun. So yeah. Yeah. What a lucky kid. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. No, without a doubt, man. All right. So uh let's wrap this up with uh one last question here, Josh. Sure. Um what's one piece of advice that you love to give to your clients? one can i pick one well i kind of already said let's, it let's say one to two maybe you know <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. uh yeah the or uh, what mean, do you think has the the most profound impact on somebody if taken actionably and applied to their life and it's not thrown out to the ether and they actually do take your advice what do you think can uh gets them the farthest down the road uh i i i think that i said it a little bit earlier but quality matters mm the quality of the food you eat matters. Like there is, there is truth. I'm, I'm not arguing that, there, that there's not to the calories in calories out model mm-hmm. that works. There is truth to that, but the kind of food that you eat within that like realm within that arena matters. Like the foods that you take in affect your hormones. They affect your, your, your thyroid. They affect, you know, cortisol. There's, there's, I mean, there's so many things that are affected by the type of foods that you eat. Mm. And there's, there is room, there's room for moderation. Yes. I'm not saying that there's not, but for the most part, like people, even without counting macros, even if you didn't want to count macros and you said, I don't want to do that at all. If you just go ahead and work on simply improving the quality of food that someone eats, their life will change like within a matter of weeks. Like I'm, Mm. I've, believe that and i've worked with people on that i've worked with myself on that like i've been on that road before you know um oh, yeah it's a constant constant effort to do yeah. that yeah it is it is um it's not it's what's funny is it with today's like you know modern world it's it's actually like it's simultaneously easy to eat healthy and also not because you're just constantly bar- uh barrage with yeah 
just not choice overload almost in a way like right yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. because of the convenience society we live in yep that's a great way to say it but i i stress that a lot to the people i work with and it permeates like my own personal life you know people i talk to people at the gym about it you know it's it's just it's so important so i i really think that that would be like my my choice at this day and time yeah (laughs) of what would be the most important thing i think diet quality absolutely matters and people should take it more seriously yeah it's not so much about what you're willing to take away from the diet it's more or less what you're willing to add into it there you go and also a reminder that that is a choice that's right and it's just to try to make better choices that's right yeah man that's beautiful beautifully said all right well uh is there anything else you want people to know before we uh tune out here josh uh well, I, I, I want people to know that um, over the years that WAG has evolved um, and there are so many different things that we do now as coaches that we did not do before. And what I mean by that is we really, really focus on habit formation, making sure that you're making sustainable and constantly evolving changes in your life in order to be a healthier person i'm not saying that that was never the case but we were much more like here's the macros hit the macros and you'll be fine yeah like early on and even as a coach like that was that was where my mind went to and it's like we have we have evolved and we have gained so much uh uh and uh I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> we, we've grown. We've grown as a company. We've we've grown our product. We've we've done so much work, and every single coach has done work on themselves. Mm. Um, everyone has a different perspective, um, and every single coach just wants you to be the very best version of yourself, and however, whatever form that might be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would encourage people that if you do want to sign up. Uh, to come in with an open mind and be and be ready to work but but come in with an open mind because the it's absolutely worth it it's absolutely worth it perfect well said man i uh, couldn't agree more and if you are interested in uh, more information about what wag does you can go to our website at workingagainstgravity.com to learn more about our one-on-one uh, remote nutrition coaching services our crash course or flexible dieting crash course uh, as well as if you have an interest in becoming a nutrition coach Uh, like Josh and I and the rest of our team um, on your own, you can check out our WAG coach certification on the website as well. And uh, thanks for listening. And we hope to catch you on the next episode. Thanks a lot, Chris. See ya. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Josh. Appreciate you.